Hi, I'm Grant Armstrong, and I get to serve as directing pastor here at St. John's United Methodist Church in Edwardsville, Illinois. We exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Our desire is to be a beacon of faith and service, focusing our passions and gifts to reflect Christ's love to the world. You are invited to join us each week at 9 a.m. for a time of traditional worship or at 11 a.m. for contemporary worship. Thanks for joining us for this online version of the sermon. Our scripture this morning comes from Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 through 16. Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Don't take any money in your money belts, no gold, silver, or even copper coins. Don't carry a traveler's bag with a change of clothes and sandals or even a walking stick. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve to be fed. Whenever you enter a city or village, search for a worthy person and stay in his home until you leave town. When you enter the home, give your blessing. If it turns out to be a worthy home, let your blessing stand. If not, take the blessing back. If any household or town refuses welcome to welcome you or listen to your message, shake its dust from your feet and as you leave. I tell you the truth, the wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah will be better off than such a town on Judgment Day. Look, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves, so be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My wife, Amy, and I were joking the other day that roots and wings can have a very different connotation during a time of sheltering in place. And people might think it has to do something with the hairstyles that we get to sport when we can't go to beauticians and barbers. That's okay, though. It's fashionable, and I know that because it seems like everybody's doing it. We're talking about sending out today mostly through things like graduation, which it seems it has to be mostly figurative since we can't send anybody to much of anywhere right now. But since we're on figurative, there are some things that I've noticed that are a little bit of fair comparisons when it comes to sending out. Things like baseball. Some sending is like in baseball. Some folks in the lineup are there because there's a good chance that they're going to hit the ball very far. And the hope is that it gets out of the park and that it stays there. If your team can do that often enough, there's a pretty good chance, in baseball at least, that it increases the odds of winning. How many of you have ever seen a greased watermelon contest? This is something that I grew up with the last day of the pool being season. They would have... And so people would throw uh, some sort of like greased watermelon in there. It seems like they put some sort of petroleum-based lubricant or some sort of motor grease on there, and they would be able to put it in the water, and people would be able to try and wrestle that and bring it to the side, and whoever did that won. Then, of course, there are boomerangs. You throw a boomerang, and it comes back to you. And then there are tethered t-ball. I practiced with one of those a lot when I was growing up because we had a fair amount of property, but I didn't have a lot of people that were willing to pitch to me. And so I hit the ball and sent it away. And once I hit it, I could bring it back with the tether again. That was a pretty good sport for me growing up. I think these are sort of like the different ways that we send kids out. Some are sent like a long ball. They go and they just keep going and going and going. Some are a little bit like a greased watermelon. Even if you try to get them to come to you, they're a little hard to get a hold of. 
Some are like a boomerang. You try to send them out and they just keep coming back. And others are like a tethered t-ball. You send them out and sometimes they revisit and they go out again. Some of them you have to pull back in, but they come back. Some are a little bit of each. Families may experience some of each of these things. Jesus sent out his young disciples to prepare for a time when they would be responsible for ministry. When he would be at the right hand of his father and his church would be filled with his Holy Spirit, he gave these young followers an opportunity to try, to make mistakes, to taste some success, and always to learn. I've shared before, I'm fairly convinced that Jesus had young apostles. He was basically like a a high school or young adult youth leader. Jesus led a group of about 11 kids, one of whom was pretty unruly, and he had one sort of awkward adult helper. Now, I get this impression from sources like Matthew chapter 17 and verses 24 through 27, where the 12 apostles with Jesus landed at Capernaum, and Peter was confronted asking if he should pay the temple tax, if his master wanted people to pay the temple tax, and Peter didn't know how to respond. He said, yes, of course. And then when he encountered Jesus later on, Jesus said, Peter, who who pays the temple taxes? Is it the, the sons or the foreigners? And Peter says, the foreigners. And he says, well, Jesus says, since we are the children of God, we shouldn't have to pay the temple tax, but since you made this promise, I want you to go out and throw a line in the water. You'll pull out a fish, and that fish will have enough to pay the temple tax for you, singular, and for me. So there were 13 people who landed on the shore of Capernaum, and Jesus was interested only in paying two temple tax due. And the reason, I think, is because the temple tax wasn't due until people reached their 20th birthday. We read about this in Exodus 30, verses 13 and 14. Until they were of age to serve in the military, they wouldn't have to pay the temple tax. I believe that the majority of Jesus' apostles were between 16 and 19 years old then. And that makes a big difference in how it is that Jesus functions. So basically, Jesus was intensely mentoring and then sending out high school to college-aged kids into some high-risk ministry. He trusted them with the mission of announcing the kingdom and showing the power of God. And I believe he still sends students out on a mission today. And that leads to our first lesson this morning. You are sent with a mission. You are sent with a mission. Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. And give as freely as you've received. Zig Ziglar is credited as saying, If you aim at nothing, you will hit it every time. When many of us went through the stage of being sent, we had goals. Amy and I just got married 20 years ago this coming Wednesday. It was a week after her college graduation. There wasn't much time at that point when we did not have responsibilities. Even if we didn't know what we really wanted to do, we knew what we had to do. We had to take care of one another. We had to possibly plan for a future family. We needed employment, paychecks, a budget, etc., Our work at the time didn't need to be amazingly fulfilling. It just needed to buy groceries and pay the bills. As time went on, we developed a greater sense of purpose. And we gained some maturity to help us make some of our decisions that lined up with God's purpose in our lives. That's a progression many folks have experienced. It's not true for everybody, though. Too many folks are having a hard time these days just finding those pay-the-bills types of jobs. But that doesn't mean that we don't have a mission and purpose right now. 
If we're not sure why we're alive or what we're meant to do in this precious and finite gift of life, we may look back with a lot of regret because we fear we've wasted time. Christian people shouldn't have to suffer from this. It doesn't mean we never do, but we of all people should know that we were born with a mission. And when we trust in Christ, we have everything that we need to accomplish that mission. So Jesus sent his apostles out to announce that the kingdom of heaven is near. They were sent to heal the sick and raise the dead and exercise demons. And then to pass on whatever they had as quickly as it comes to them. Not all of us have the gifts needed to heal the sick and raise the dead. But all of us can proclaim that God is near. We can share what's been given to us. We can glorify Jesus Christ by showing grace, comfort, mercy, and generosity to others. Our purpose isn't just to take care of ourselves and those closest to us. We're always hoping to grow God's family by pointing people to the goodness of Jesus. We're never more in the center of God's pleasure than when we are sharing God's kingdom. Our second lesson this morning is this. Jesus provides for his calling upon your life. Jesus provides for his calling on your life. He teaches, don't take any money in your money belts, no gold, silver, or even copper coins. Don't carry a traveler's bag with change of clothes and sandals or even a walking stick. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve to be fed. Have you ever been in a position where you've had to rely on nothing except for the kindness of strangers and the grace of God? Jesus put these folks in that position. And if you look at the teaching of the kingdom Jesus told them to announce, it often included telling people to repent of their sinfulness because the kingdom is near. So, you're strangers in a strange community, needing folks to care for your survival needs. You also have to tell people that they need to turn away from their sin. That sounds like a lot of fun, right? Where's the line to sign up for that at the job fair? But God provided in this instance, just as God always does when we're called to obedience. I'm guessing these disciples weren't eating filet mignon every night, but God did provide. In our lives, there are times when we feel called to step up in faith. But fear steps in and tells us that something about our present circumstance doesn't add up. The money's not enough. Our knowledge is not enough. We are not enough. But Jesus wants us to know that he is enough. This is important. If it's his calling, Jesus will provide. Usually not a moment too soon, but Jesus will provide. When you're living in faithfulness and seeking to live for Jesus, do not fear. Don't let the fear hold you back. The thing that we shortchange most of all in these situations is a chance to experience God's blessing. Our third lesson this morning is this. Find what God is blessing and be a part of it. Find what God is blessing and be a part of it. Jesus continues, Whenever you enter a city or village, search for a worthy person and stay in his home until you leave town. When you enter the home, give it your blessing. If it turns out to be a worthy home, let your blessing stand. If it is not, take back the blessing. If any household or town refuses to welcome you or listen to your message, shake its dust from your feet as you leave. I tell you the truth, the wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah will be much better off than such a town on Judgment Day. On one of the Nicer days of these past couple of weeks, I had an opportunity—excuse me—an opportunity to take my motorcycle out for a little bit of uh, two-wheeled therapy. 
It was a really nice experience. It was a good day with a slight amount of breeze, but nothing that would knock anybody over. I've ridden in some of that kind of wind before, the type of wind that would actually knock you off of a motorcycle, and ridden with some of those as headwinds. One of the things that I know for a fact about motorcycling, it is much better to have the wind at your back than coming into your face. That is also true in life. God's Spirit is sometimes known as Ruach in the Old Testament and Numa in the New Testament. And that literally translates as wind and breath. Now, just because we follow God doesn't mean we're always going to have easy times. And just because we're having easy times doesn't mean that we're following God. What it means is this. If you want to know what God is up to, look at what the Holy Spirit is doing, where the Holy Spirit winds are blowing Look for where you see life and revival, joy and freedom. Look for holiness, peace and justice and mercy. And when you see those things, get with them. Hang out with the folks who are on that vessel. Be a part of that movement. And if you keep encountering people who shut down every God-blessable thing that's ever been conceived, cut bait. Because Jesus tells us sometimes you just need to shake off the dust. Following Christ is hard. And if folks aren't interested in the kingdom of God, Jesus gives us permission to walk away. He, did, he died so that they might know healing too, but if the winds aren't blowing, you cannot force the spirit winds to blow. Just keep moving and continue to trust that God will keep reaching out to them, even if not through you. Our final lesson this morning is don't be hardened, don't be dumb. Don't be hardened, don't be dumb. Jesus said, look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves, so be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. When things get difficult as we're sent out, we need to make sure that we stay vulnerable and compassionate. We also need to guard our hearts so we don't lose them. Don't be hardened and don't be dumb. There are folks who will take advantage of our Christian kindness. We don't have to be suckers or doormats. In our discernment, we also don't have to turn into bitter cynics. As we are learning what God would have us do, we don't have to tolerate everything, but it doesn't have to make us unkind or unloving. And it's not always easy to find that sweet spot, and it usually doesn't come without making some mistakes. By God's grace, we can recover from those. Today, it's my pleasure to be able to share with you a little bit of testimony from one of our students who is experienced God's grace in ways that are definitely worth sharing. Hi St. John's. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Morgan Marshall and I am a junior at Edwardsville High School. Growing up, my family always went to church on Sundays and was always involved in the church. As a kid, I didn't really know how to share my faith and wasn't an outgoing kid. Recently though, I feel I am called to serve by serving others. I have been fortunate enough to have gone on two mission trips and to help serve with twigs. Some Bible verses I like about serving are 1 Peter 4.10 Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. I also like Matthew 5.16 In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. My first mission trip was to Houston, Texas, and I got to bring along two of my friends to serve with me. We served through Samaritan's Purse, and here we were doing a lot of flood cleanup. We had lots of early mornings, 
and sleeping in the car, but by the time we got to the work site, we were ready to work. At the beginning of the week, I got to do the finishing touches on the house, like grouting tile in a bathroom. The owners of the home were so sweet and even bought us a very delicious lunch. On the second house, we did a lot of demolition, like taking out drywall and taking up an old floor. Although it was hot and not the best working conditions, the joy on the homeowners' faces and how thankful they were made it all worth it. We were also able to experience new things in the towns near us, like going to the beach and seeing the NAS. My second mission trip was to Newfane, New York. On this trip, I went with my best friend Cammie and Pastor Grant's daughter Lily. This trip was unique because the three of us went with a really big church in Bloomington. This trip definitely put me out of my comfort zone and made me be outgoing to meet new people. Our work cruise consisted of people from all different churches instead of staying with your own church. I knew no one on my crew, but by the first day I had created amazing friendships. With my work crew, we were assigned to paint the entire outside of our neighbor's house. When I got to talk to my neighbor, I learned that he had served with Reach many times before. I thought it was amazing that I got to help someone who had worked with this same organization many years before. On this mission trip, besides painting the house, I made amazing friendships that will last forever, and with the programs they held at night, I grew in my faith even more. We even got to go to Niagara Falls as a fun day. I have also been able to be involved in Twigs almost every summer for the past 10 years. My mom helps lead her own site in the school district she works in, and I love helping her with making sure we have enough food for the week. I also love getting to hand out the lunches to the kids and getting to see how excited they get when it is pizza day. Because of the experiences I've been able to be a part of, I've learned how I best share my faith. I'm not one that likes to talk about my faith, but on the mission trips, I did things that stretched it. I was a devotion leader for my crew. I shared openly about my own faith and about my struggles with people I had just met. Even today, I'm still learning how to share my faith and putting myself outside of my comfort zone with this. Thank you so much for listening into my story, and I hope everyone has a great day. Bye. Thank you, Morgan. I've seen... Morgan prioritized her faith and her relationship with Christ, and I can tell you that none of what she shared today happens by happy accident. I think she knows that she doesn't just go on mission trips. She lives with a mission, and we live with a mission. When we live with a mission, we get to be the kind of church that sends people out with strong roots and very powerful wings. Let's pray together. Gracious Lord, thanks so much for the opportunity to hear from students today, to be blessed by their faith. Lord, as Scripture reminds us, we don't get to look down on anybody because they're young, but we get to see the example of their faith and be inspired by that. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to praise, the gift to be a community, even if we are just gathered in virtual ways right now, our hearts are joined together. We ask that you would continue to knit us together in your love. Strengthen us, send us out on a mission, and allow us to share that goodness and grace that you have offered so freely to us. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.